Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The World Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up in War Eagle, everybody? It's your guy, Ike Jones. We are here, Auburn Express Podcast, talking a little bit about Auburn versus Cal coming up this weekend. And you guys know, I don't know anything about the Cal Golden Bears other than what I've seen on TV. or But... I had to get somebody in here to talk about it. If you're not familiar with him, he's been on our show a few times. Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Pac-12, as well as Locked On Ducks, is here to talk to us about the Cal Golden Bears. Spencer, how's it going? Oh, dude, it's could it be any better having football back? Have we ever needed football? I, I feel like you guys down in SEC country aren't feeling it as much out on the West Coast, but I needed football to start so badly and it's here and i am i'm always always ready to talk football and good to be back on with you sec country lives off of football so yeah it's been pretty much uh the dark ages here for i know but you guys haven't been dealing with like the potential destruction or imminent destruction of of, of the conference down there and i feel like it just isn't quite as big and SEC circles, and they're just like, yeah. oh, Texas and Oklahoma are coming in. Oh, yeah, right. that's, whatever. No, that's definitely a different reason why people are in anticipation yes. of football season, yes. but absolutely in anticipation of it. Uh, we won't get too much into the Pac-12 and all of the, the the what I guess you can say the rumblings are. Well, they're not rumblings anymore. There's some definitive smoke uh, and fire going on around the Pac-12. Uh, we won't talk about that too much. Today, we'll focus on Cal, who... Won't even be in the Pac-12 very soon, but currently are in the Mm Pac-12. Facing Auburn this weekend, Auburn makes the trip across to Berkeley to face against the Golden Bears. Um, I guess we'll start it off uh, recapping kind of where Cal was in this last game and then talk about projections going forward. What did you see from Cal that you really liked in game one for them? Offensive explosion, big plays, dynamic offensive players getting the football and being put in positions to succeed and make plays. Look, this is a Cal team that 
is entering year six or seven. I honestly forget because the COVID year is, you know, whatever. Right. But Justin Wilcox has been there for, for quite some time and, and he's had some success, but it has been a downward trajectory for the last couple of years going five and seven in 2021, four and eight in 2022. Pressure's kind of on him for 2023. It's one of the reasons I've, you know, been higher on the Bears than most as we will get to. But mm-hmm. on Saturday, what we saw is what has been the missing ingredient for Cal. Since Justin Wilcox has been there, who's uh, a former defensive coordinator, he was on that Washington staff with Chris Peterson uh, mm-hmm. as they built themselves into a playoff team. And he is a really good defensive coach. They've had really good defenses, but they just haven't been able to move the football. And they've been running outdated offenses and they haven't had too many great players in there. But now they're in a situation where they made a great offensive coordinator hire in Jake Spavadol, who was the head coach at uh, Texas State this uh, this past year and for the last couple of seasons. And he returns to Cal as an OC where he had a lot of success before. And they go out and they made a big, big statement in, in week one going out and, and putting up 58 points on the road against North Texas. Now you may yeah. be saying, ah, it's just, it, it's, it's just North Texas. What does that even mean? Cal has played FCS and group of five teams in the past as well. And this is certainly far from an FCS program in North Texas. They're now in the American Conference. And Ike, they went out and put up 58 points. That's their most since 2015. Wow. That that, that was a big offensive. You you just never saw that from Cal. And for them to have done it in the midst of their starting quarterback, Sam Jackson, getting injured during the game is a testament to, you know, why I've liked the Bears this offseason and why I think they could be a seven or eight win team if they had a more favorable schedule. Unfortunately for them, it's really, really tough. But I I look at them and say they have a lot of things that I like. I don't think their head coach is elite. I think he is solid, though, and he's shown that during his time in the Pac-12. He's capable of being solid, but the offense has to be there. And if the offense is there, the, the defense is usually there for Cal when Justin Wilcox has been their head coach. So that that's what really stood out is seeing Cal put up a 58 spot. Like mm-hmm. they played uh, UNLV last year. They didn't even hit 30 points. Wow. They won the game like 21 to like 14 or 17 or something. They didn't score a lot. New OC, new offensive line coach, some new personnel in there, different offensive scheme. It worked in week one. We'll see what happens in in week two, but the early returns are positive for the Bears. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's talk about some of that personnel. You already mentioned uh, the starting quarterback, Sam Jackson, who is questionable for the game right now. Uh, But, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. You are uh, thinking it's a favorable chance that he's going to play in this game on Saturday? That's the indication is... You know, what Justin Wilcox said uh, two days ago was it's an upper body injury and he's pushing to return soon. You know, he was up and walking and moving around after he sustained the injury on on Saturday down in Denison. But I I think that that's a 50-50 proposition. uh, I think at worst, based on that description of the injury and characterization of, you know, where he's at in, in his recovery from Cal's head coach. The good news for the Bears, though, is that Ben Finley came in and he was productive. He did really well. Like the offense looked great with Sam Jackson at the helm and he and Ben Finley are different quarterbacks. But then Finley came in and he looked like he was more than capable of, you know, guiding the offense down the field. And he did so. He made some good throws. They had a good ground game. So that's the upside. I feel better about Cal this weekend if Sam Jackson's at the helm because he's a dynamic athlete. He is a Mm -hmm. really really talented football player. 
little bit raw as a quarterback, but I thought looked good in what action he did see on Saturday. But, you know, the the quarterback situation, that, that's something that Auburn fans should definitely be monitoring because I think Cal's a lot scarier with Sam Jackson than Ben Finley. Uh, listen, I am a guy who is always a little bit more leery when the guy behind center is a dual threat guy because it just makes your defense stressed in a very different way. Um, so Sam Jackson, to me, would be a, much more of a threat. Interesting situation there because you have two transfer quarterbacks that came in during the offseason. Both Ben Finley and Sam Jackson came in from separate places. Of course, TCU for Sam Jackson and then North Carolina State for Ben Finley. Uh, Sam Jackson eventually getting the start there. What uh, from a, a scheme standpoint, though, is Cal really trying to do to attack defenses, whether it's, you know, Finley or Jackson in there at the helm? Is it more of a, a spread up tempo type of situation? I know they had a lot of rushing yards. Uh, so what 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 are, what are they using to attack defenses right now with the scheme uh, from the Texas State uh, guy? Yeah, I, I, Spavadol came in and is kind of your your standard traditional spread, you know, little RPO, but a lot, lot of 11 personnel. Um, but fundamentally, what Cal wants to do is what a lot of defensive coaches like to do and offensive coaches as well. They want to be able to run the football. And when you look at their success in 2022, it was limited. But when they did have it offensively and, you know, in, in terms of the end result of the game, it was when they could run the ball. And they did so very, very well. On, on Saturday at North Texas. Jay Knott had a big game. Isaiah Fonse, who's uh, a transfer from an FCS school, he is really, really, he had a Marshawn Lynch-esque run. I am not yeah. overstating that. He had a touchdown run where it looked like, oh, okay, he got the first down. And it was at like the North Texas 22-yard line. And then he stayed on his feet. And then he broke one tackle. And then he carried a couple. And then he shed those guys. And then he kept running for it. And then he lunged for the goal line. And it was just this powerful beast mode style run mm. those guys are kind of lightning and thunder you know jay Nott is really good he you know he had yeah. a fumble on saturday but when he gets into space good luck i mean he is a pass catcher he can run outside he can run between the tackles he's definitely a little bit more of a a, a scat back than a power guy but that's why i think he and afonso make such an interesting pair for the bears and when they run the football well their offense is at its best and it sets things up well for for their defense uh, because they, they are trying to win the game fundamentally with defense, which means your offense has to be able to play some possession, you know, right. control the clock a little bit. And that's that, that's what a good ground game will get you. So, um, you know, you, you'll see a lot of not, nothing too fancy, nothing uh, wildly different from what other teams are doing in college football. A lot of what other teams are doing in college football. But right. if the offensive line holds up, if they run the football, they can score points. Yeah. And so, I mean, Jay Knott is actually a guy that, you know, I, I wanted to talk about. Glad that you got into that because he he seems to be kind of the engine of what makes that offense go. He put up 188 yards and, you know, that's including the negative plays. I mean, if you took the negative stuff out of there, he was over 200 yards uh, on the ground in that game. And as you said, he's also a threat to catch the ball out of the backfield. So uh, only had one reception for 13 yards, but still a dynamic uh offensive weapon for Cal to be able to deploy in a lot of different ways. And I'd imagine similarly to Auburn, uh, you know, Cal didn't show very much in that first game against North Texas. They were trying to run their standard stuff and just get out of there with a win, uh, but still able to put up a significant amount of points while doing so. Um, we're in here right now talking with Spencer McLaughlin. He is the host of Pact, uh, of Locked On Pac-12 and Locked On Ducks. Always good to talk with Spencer. Um, 
We've talked offense. Let's flip it over to the other side of the football, The more of the calling card of the last couple of years for the Cal Golden Bears, and that's the defense. Um, what should Auburn, Auburn fans expect to see out of the Cal defense as they line up uh, this coming weekend? They're usually very stingy and annoying and hard to move the ball on. Um, North Texas found some success through the air with some big passing plays. That was very uncharacteristic for a Justin Wilcox coach team. He's a defensive guy. He's a defensive backs guy mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, I believe that's what he played when he was uh, when he was in college way back when. So that's kind of where he usually has his calling card defensively. They gave up some big passing plays, but then you look up and they allowed 21 points on the road. It's to a group of five team. All right, fair point. But this is Cal, not USC, so it's a little bit, uh, your, your standards have to be shifted ever so slightly there. But the big passing plays, I think, are what they have to clean up because their front seven, they're, they're just always solid. They don't have a ton of big-name guys. Brett Johnson is the name to watch for uh, in the trenches, big number 90. He is coming off of an injury from this past year. Uh, he actually hasn't played football in quite some time. But when he plays and he's healthy and in full force, that's a first-team All-Pac-12 defensive lineman. He's a really, really good football player. And then the second level, you'll get Jackson Sermon. The middle linebacker is going to be everywhere. Uh, Pass coverage, run defense, whatever the case may be. He is a true captain of your defense, coach's son IQ, Mike linebacker. His dad, Peter Sermon, is the defensive coordinator for for the Golden Bears and Jackson decided to come back for his senior year I I think he probably ends up making an NFL roster at at the very least he's a sideline to sideline player he'll get after the quarterback really good tackler high high IQ football player and those are kind of your your defensive anchors and then then there are a lot of newcomers for for Cal across the board and I think they're still trying to gel and find that right combination of guys to you know have have it make have it work in the secondary so uh, that, that's kind of what to expect is, you know, Cal wants to be physical up front. Uh, I would not describe them as the fastest team in the front seven. I think they prioritize physicality and speed a little bit more on the back end. But mm-hmm. typically, and Cal's defense actually regressed a year ago, and I think are poised for a bounce back this season because of those two guys anchoring your defense. Like, that's a really, really good good starting point. Those are all conference-caliber players, and you just don't have that many of, uh, that many guys like that uh, right. at, at Cal. And I, I think that they are poised for, for a bounce back uh, after a year in which they were torched through the air more, more than normal. Um, but typically, this is a Cal team that is top half or top third in the Pac-12 uh, in, in every major defensive metric. And they were not that a season ago, but I expect them to be able to to get closer to what they have been over over the last several years with Wilcox as their head coach. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you talked about it a little bit, but what were some of the reasonings why North Texas was able to get some of the plays off that they were? Was it just, you know, from your assessment, I don't know how much of that game you actually watched. Was it just, you know, missed assignments? Was it, you know just really good play design? Like what were the reasons why North Texas was able to have some success early in that game and scoring? And then the adjustments I'm assuming that were made to kind of get that corrected. Uh, what were the things that happened through, through the first part of that game that ne- needed to get fixed? Yeah. I, I watched more than the first half because I'm a maniac 
And <laughs> uh, I'm actually, uh, I haven't had an opportunity to go watch it yet. I, it's my, it's on my agenda for later. Cause I have to do my own little schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's I, a good, sometimes it's I feel a, like I'm a coach out here. <laughs> yeah. It's a, we haven't, we haven't watched our film yet. We haven't yeah. gone back. I need the all 22. Yeah, I Give do me. need it. I, I, I would love to have the all 22, but yeah. uh, re- really those big plays guys just got beat. And, and that's, I think a sign for Auburn fans that should make you think, okay, if Peyton Thorne, who I assume is going to be the starting quarterback, yeah, um, sure. if yeah, he is, you know, able to hit on on some deep shots, they might very well be there. I mean, one of them that was uh, either a long touchdown or set up a, a really easy touchdown for North Texas looked like one of the one of the Mean Greens wide receivers just ran right by a Cal defensive back, and I don't know if perhaps he was supposed to have safety help over the top or not, but. Typically, if you're in a power five versus a G5 matchup, you shouldn't have instances in which the guy is able to just flat out run by you. Um, He did have kind of uh, an outside leverage technique and the guy came inside and then, you know, ran a fly route. So maybe he was expecting safety help and it wasn't there. But regardless, it didn't get there in time. And then the other deep passing play, if I remember correctly, was again, just, you know, ball goes down the field, receivers created some separation and he's got an opportunity, he goes up and and he makes a play. So I think for Auburn, looking at their ability to work the ball down the field, it might be there. Cal is certainly going to be working on how they can adjust and how they can be better in in that area. But I think the Cal secondary is still the the, the part of the defense, which, as you alluded to, did get a lot better. Like th- this was a a twenty one to fourteen game, and then it was right. a twenty seven to twenty one game, and then Cal rattled off thirty one points unanswered right. uh, against North Texas. And look, you can make whatever you want about North Texas, or you can make of them what, what, whatever you'd like. But just from a Pac twelve fan standpoint, that that is not something Cal ever had in the bag. And that's what good teams look like right. when they play teams from an inferior conference, right? North Texas went from Conference USA to the American. So, you know, little step up, but essentially a Conference USA team. I don't really know what they added in the portal this this offseason, but that's not something that Cal's always had in the bag and why I was encouraged by, you know, what the Bears showed. And, you know, starting 1-0 in the fashion they did was was really, really good. Some things to clean up, but it was, you know, more more story about what they were able to do offensively than what they weren't able to do defensively. Because once the game settled in, they made adjustments. Like I said, Peter Sermon and Justin Wilcox, those are smart defensive football minds, and they, they were able to make adjustments over the course of that game. They, I think, forced a turnover or two and mm-hmm. uh, did a really, really nice job to to bring home a comfortable victory and a. a a record-setting one of, of of sorts in that they hadn't scored that many points since uh, 2015. That's eight years ago. Yeah. Um, in here, again, talking with my guy, Spencer McLaughlin. He is the host of Locked On Pac-12 as well as the Locked On Ducks. I want to transition over to everybody's favorite part of football, and that is special teams because we all know that really what people tune in for is kickoffs and field goals and punts Obviously. when they're watching football. Um, anything of note to talk about in return in, in regards to the special teams play for Cal? You know, not not that I've seen. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I'd have to check the box score to see. I'm looking was, at it right now. Who Two is, punts who for is, 80 yards, average of 40 yards on eight, uh, those 44-yard uh, long only one return here on kickoffs and 
didn't, I think it went for 30. Nope, didn't go anywhere. So I guess he just caught it in a fair catch there. Field goals, they were one of three on field goals. Uh, 32-yard miss, 47-yard miss. Uh, touchbacks on half of the 10 kickoffs that they had there. And uh, made five of six on point after attempt. So a little problem in the kicking game, I guess, with field goals there. Uh, two missed field goals and one missed um, point after try. Yeah. Well, well, they actually, they, they lost their longtime kicker, uh, Dario Longhetto, who transferred to Arizona State as a graduate transfer. So mm-hmm. that is a new kicking situation for the Bears and certainly not the start that they were looking for. Um, but in the special teams department, I would watch for them in the return game because they have some guys that are key players for them offensively, that can be dangerous when they have the ball in their hands, whether that's on a kick return, punt return, or or the like. You know, uh, Jeremiah Hunter had one of the one of the kick returns. They didn't have any of the uh, the punt returns. They did have three interceptions uh, against right. against North Texas, which again, that's what Cal typically looks like. The difference is Cal used to win this game 28-21 or mm-hmm. 31-21 maybe. Now, you know, they won it 58-21. That's kind of the biggest the biggest jump there. But the skill position guys who I can see getting touches in the return game, Jeremiah Hunter and Jay Knott, certainly. Mm-hmm. Odd is that versatile kind of guy. I don't know if they throw him back there, but um, Hunter is the other kind of wide receiver playmaker that that you got to watch out for with Cal, and I I, I like their offensive weapons quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they showed that on uh, on 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 Saturday. Also, I misspoke earlier. Afonso is a transfer from San Jose State, not not an FCS school. I was thinking of uh, Cameron Scadabo from uh, Sacramento State to, to Arizona State. So I just had my Pac-12 wires a little bit crisscrossed there, but gotcha. I, I think they have a lot of really solid skill position guys across the board. And if the quarterback play is good enough, the offensive scheme and the new coordinator they've got there and Jake Spavadol, like at one point in time, a, a school wanted to hire him as their head coach because of what he did as an offensive coordinator. And he had success last time he was in Berkeley and he's off to a really good start. And I, I think he's got some really, really capable weapons. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, a lot of yards in the air, uh, 312 to be exact. Um, and the average per attempt or per completion was pretty high on Saturday for them. So big play opportunities and big play capability coming from that Cal offense, and not to mention the dynamic ability of the run game that they've shown. And again, I think that just gets more dangerous when you add on a quarterback who can threaten and and even out the box a little bit more for how you're going to have to to play that whole situation. So let's get to the brass tacks of it, right? Uh, We've talked about all of the things that – Cal can pose as a threat to Auburn, maybe some of the things that they can do to to improve. Let's talk about what we think the outcome is going to be. It's going to be a late night kick, uh, Auburn traveling across country. Um, The kickoff is 730 Pacific time, but it will be 930 Central where Auburn is from. (laughs) So super late game for for those of us who want to stay up out here closer to the East Coast and watch that game. What do you think the outcome is going to be based upon what your projections are for how Cal has played thus far and what your projections are on the season? Yeah, I I have liked this as an upset pick because that's what it would kind of be considered, though I wouldn't necessarily consider it that much of an upset. Um, granted, I don't know Auburn as well as you and some others do. 
I I feel like Auburn, correct me if I'm wrong, is like middle of the road SEC. Like, yeah, I, I think that's fair based upon how, where we are right now. Yeah, six, like six, seven win team. And I think Cal is a five, six win team in the Pac-12. So I don't see it as a, a, a major upset. This game is, is in Berkeley. Justin Wilcox, as a head coach, has been really, really good early in the season. He's been excellent in the non-conference slate before. He's beaten an SEC team as the head coach of this Cal program before, knocking off Ole Miss back in 2018. And I have long held since March that I like what Cal's doing. I think they're better than people think. I, I loved them for many months, over four and a half for their win total. That eventually got bumped up to five and a half because Vegas, I think, kind of saw, or maybe the public saw what I was seeing as well, which is, hey, I think there are some really good underlying factors here, making changes where you need to, both in personnel and in coaching. This game is at home. I've thought it'd be a Cal win since about March, and I'm sticking with that prediction. And you can mm. call me a Pac-12 homer if you like. That's fine. Hey, but listen, I've been there's on the nothing Cal. wrong with, with having a homer. Listen, I'm a homer <laughs> all day and tomorrow, and I don't apologize for it. So go for it, man. Well, I, I, I hadn't considered myself a Cal homer until I had beaten this drum for the last probably about five months on the show. Anytime it came up, I'd say, I like Cal. I really, really like Cal. I like him over four and a half. Then the line bumped up to five and a half and my egomanical self took a victory lap on the show being like, I tried to tell you, I, yeah. I, I, I wanted you to bet it over four and a half. Now you can't get it at four and a half. It's five and a half. And uh, I think it's indicative of, you know, where Cal is capable of going this season. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a seven win team in the Pac-12. My prediction is six I think five is also a realistic possibility because their schedule is really, really tough. But I, I just like a lot of what they've done. They looked the part on, on Saturday. They played most of that game with Ben Finley at the helm, which gives me more confidence. I would feel better if Sam Jackson plays because I think Cal's offensive line is going to be in a tougher bind. And look, they've made improvements. They brought in some transfers there. I still don't think it's a great strength of, of theirs. So the quarterback being under pressure, I'd like you to be able to get away from it a little right. bit. And I know Auburn brought in some players on the defensive side of the ball, and they have guys uh, like my old buddy from from Oregon, not a metaphorical buddy, of course, Jason Jones, mm -hmm. uh, who is a big, big force up there. So at least a big presence, at least. Um, I would like Sam Jackson more. But given what Ben Finley showed me on Saturday, I like the Bears to win this game. They're a six and a half point underdog right now. I'm putting that in the Pac-12 prime picks at the very least because I think they're going to win this game outright. I long have. And, you know, I, I think Auburn's done a lot of nice things this offseason. And I think the Hugh Freeze hire has got some real upside. I don't trust Peyton Thorne. It's mm. on the road. It's the home opener for Cal. I think the Bears offense is everything I hoped it would be, at least through one week. And if it shows up like that, again in in week two, then I think Cal's able to get it done. Okay. Uh, listen, I understand why you're thinking the way you're thinking. Uh, you know, I, of course, think the exact opposite, that Auburn's <laughs> going to go out there and they're going to You got a score prediction? I don't have a score prediction because I haven't watched the Cal game yet. If I had been able okay. to watch the game first, okay. then I could probably give you something a little bit better. All of my uh, prediction is hope right now that Auburn's going to go handle business. Uh, similarly to, you know, Cal did not have a great season last year, but made improvements in the places necessary and put up a really big number uh, this weekend uh, when handling business in their home opener. So I think that Auburn is much improved on offense. That's the biggest thing, you know, again, similar to Cal, 
the offense is just better this year than it has been in the last couple of seasons. Uh, and, you know, Cal may be used to going tempo, but the tempo works really well for Auburn. And I think we're going to get into some more of that up-tempo stuff uh, than we did in this first game. And that's going to, I think, be a difference maker for them offensively. I do think that it could be a shootout, though. I will say that I don't know. I'm not sold on Auburn's ability to stop the run just yet. And Cal put up a lot of rush yards. And so if Auburn... two really good backs. Yeah, if Auburn is not better against the run... Um, this could be this could be a game that's going to be in the 30s, and whoever has the ball last might end up winning. Well, here's what I'd say about that: the new clock rule is having an impact on college mm-hmm. football. I don't think a a huge one. You know, it's not the same level of impact as the pitch clock. Which, when I watch right. games, I'm like, this is so. I remember the first time I turned on spring training and the pitch clock was there. I was like, this is different. Yeah. I notice it in moments with the with the clock running after first downs. And look, I didn't need it. I didn't need college football to be shorter. It's the greatest sport in the world. Right. And people who don't care about it and don't know anything about it are the ones running the sport, which sucks for us as fans. But I think that there is a high likelihood Cal is going to want to take the air out of the football Get the clock moving. I I wouldn't be shocked if both teams get in the 30s, but I think given the new rules and, you know, what each team has offensively, I feel better about both teams' defense. Correct me if I'm wrong there on the Auburn side of things. Um, I feel better about both teams' defense going up against the opposing offense slash quarterback than I do the offenses going up against each respective defense. So I think Cal is going to come out one run the football here. and Which they should. Yeah, as they should. And history would tell you when Jaden Knott is, you know, in a groove, Cal does very, very well. So if they're able to do that, I think they like if they win the ground battle, I think Cal almost certainly wins the game. But they just need to have, I think, a solid amount of success to, you know, give Ben Finley the opportunity for play action, some easier throws and take a couple shots and whatnot. But I'll I'll go Cal 31-27 here over Auburn. 3127. Now I mean that's listen that's uh that's close to probably the area that I'm thinking the game is going to be. I wonder what the over under is. Oh, that's a very good question. I have Let's not see. looked at that. At over all. under 54 and a half. 3127. I mean you'd be right in that range. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be just over. Just over, yep. Yeah, just over. Okay. Uh, well, I am looking forward to this one because it is going to be a difference for we who are used to the SEC country traveling out west to face a Pac-12 opponent. Um, but used it should to be it. When do you guys end. ever do that? I mean, never travel that far. We play. <laughs> we play the Pac-12 quite often, but we don't ever go out there. Well, yeah, in bowl in bowl games and such. But I mean, even regular season. I mean, we played Washington to start the season off a couple of years back. We oh, played yeah, Oregon right. to start but neutral, the season off. But you guys always go neutral sites. Hard Correct. to get teams. To, to come west. I don't know why. We got a lot of great things on, on the West Coast. You because could go to Prime uh, go because to, of where primetime TV falls out west. They don't want people out <laughs> that, here having to Well, up I field. mean that that's that's a component. That's something that, that can be worked on. It will be a late kick for uh for, for Auburn fans. Um, yes. I'm in the mountain time zone, so it'll be eight thirty. But that actually works out for me because I've got a, a radio broadcast to do for Southern Utah against BYU and that game is at one. And then these later slates of Pac-12 games, or the later slate of Pac-12 games, is like 5.30 to 8.30 mm-hmm. in, in that sort of range. So it should actually line up perfectly that 
I call that game, it ends, and then I'm able to watch uh, watch everything for for the rest of the day. So I'm 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 excited. I've been looking forward to this matchup for so long, and I'm just letting Auburn fans know right now that. If Cal wins this game, you probably shouldn't tune into my channel because I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna make Colin Coward talking about USC look like a pleasant, enjoyable experience. I'll be so obnoxious. Hey, listen, you get bragging rights if you win, so I don't think that, that anybody the, should be upset that is about the way that. It works. And by the way, all's fair. I always, I, I take my L's. I can take the punches. I eat crow if I'm wrong on something. So I've been on this hype train with Cal and winning this game against Auburn for a while. If they win it, I'm going to be jubilant. And if not, I'm going to come on and say, all right, I underestimated Auburn. And we'll just have to see. And that's that's why we play the games, right? Is, is yeah. You don't decide anything on paper. Nothing on paper gets decided at all. Well, I am, uh, again, looking forward to this game. And I definitely look forward to seeing what happens, win or lose. It should be a good game. And I'm looking forward to seeing how both teams perform. All right, we are going to get out of here. Spencer, I appreciate you dropping in with us. Tell the people who would potentially want to see you eat crow from over here on the Auburn side <laughs> where they can go and harass you if they want to try to start typing up their drafts now. You can type up your drafts and schedule them to go out on Saturday and then potentially cancel them and whatnot. <laughs> I very much look forward to the silence from Auburn fans if Cal wins this game, but I'm at smalls underscore 55 on Twitter and I host Locked On Pack 12 Monday through Friday and that is on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. So always, always over there. Ike, always good to be on with you, man, and talk to talk to the good people of War Eagle Nation over there. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you dropping in with us. We're going to get out of here. This is the Auburn Express with your guy, Ike Jones. You can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, of course, and make sure that you follow us on YouTube at The War Report as we're bringing you all of this great Auburn content. We're out of here until the next time, and as always, War Eagle.